Remi- remind me, what's the montage music from Cool Runnings? Um, Rise Above It, I think, is one of the main songs. I don't want to sing it for you. <laughs> you, you. You can if you want to. Welcome to another stellar episode of 80% Mental with me, Dr. Pete Olushaga. Um, Well, basically, for those of you who've been following us on Twitter, you'll know that at the start of Series 2, we ran a poll to find the greatest sports film of all time. Now, for some unknown reason, you lot out there in listener land voted Remember the Titans as being the greatest sports movie of all time. You just don't watch enough films, I guess. Uh, It narrowly beat Cool Runnings into second place. So while we're not advocating a rerun of the entire poll because quite frankly it took far too much time and effort and i don't really want to do it again uh, we did want to invite some guests on to make their case as to why their favorite film or movie depending on where you're listening is the greatest sports movie of all time but more than that we want to talk about whether we can actually learn anything from those films So are there lessons that we can learn about the psychology of performance? Because after all, this is a psychology of performance podcast. Or is it all just Hollywood nonsense? Now, I say that it's more than that, and that's what we want to talk about. But actually, we just want to talk about films for two hours. Um, So I'll I'll introduce our guests straight away. won't leave you uh, uh, guessing any any further. Uh, First up, Dr. Megan Halbrook. Uh, Megan completed a master's degree in sport and exercise psychology at Ball State University and a PhD at West Virginia uh, University. She now works at Randolph College as an assistant professor in sport and exercise studies and is the director of the MA in Coaching and Sport Leadership Program. Uh, Megan, you're also a uh, certified mental performance consultant. Is that right? That's right. Awesome. I was well, one of the first ones to take the test. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, won't ask you, uh, I won't ask you how long ago that was. Um, welcome to 80% Mental. We're going to find out a little bit more about the film you've chosen in a minute, but if you could just tell the listeners which film you've selected. I have chosen Miracle about USA hockey, 1980 Olympics. Okay. I had to, uh, you know, full disclosure, I had to Google that film because I've never seen it. So I'm looking forward to hearing a little bit more about it uh, in, the, in the show today. Um, next up. We have Dr. Tammy Sheehy, originally from New Zealand. Tammy completed a PhD at West Virginia University in sport and exercise psychology, where she met her wife, who is... Me. Megan. <laughs> Megan Halbrook. This is our first, we've got our first married couple on the, on the episode, and I'm very, very excited about that. Um, currently Tammy lives in Virginia and is an assistant professor at Bridgewater College where she directs the coaching minor and teaches classes in sport uh, coaching and sports psychology so Tammy welcome to 80% mental Um, and same as uh, same as Megan we'll talk about your film a little bit more in in a while but can you tell us which film that you have selected for today Sure. Um, I chose, uh, not because it was the runner-up in the poll, but that probably does give you some indication of how good it is, uh, Cool Runnings. <laughs> Fantastic. It's one of my favorite films, um, but I'm impartial today. So, um, <laughs> And finally, yes, you heard that right. We've got three guests today. Uh, finally, we are joined by the one and only Ted Crawford or to give him his actual name, Todd Cawthorn. Uh, Todd's been on the podcast before, so I'm just not going to introduce him. Google's free if you want to look him up. Um, <laughs> I, I'm joking. Of course you get an introduction, Todd. Uh, Todd is from Roanoke, Virginia. There's a bit of a Virginia connection on the, on today's show. Uh, a former professional basketball player. Todd attended the College of William and Mary in Virginia for university and then had stops in Austria and Belgium on his way to playing for the Sheffield Sharks for 12 seasons. Todd is also a really good friend of mine, and I am delighted to have him back on the podcast. Our first returning guest, Todd, welcome back to 80% Mental. Thank you very much, Pete. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, and Todd, again, we'll, we'll kind of get into your film in a little while, but what uh, what film have you chosen for today? Yeah, I've chosen the movie Hoosiers, which for your UK audience is uh, known by a different name, uh, which is Best Shot. That's right. They had to rename the film so that uh, they sure did because nobody in the UK knows what a Hoosier is, just right. like you had to look up Miracle. 
Um, what we're going to do is we are going to decide which of these films is the greatest sports movie of all times. And we've got some categories uh, that we're going to introduce in a little while. We're going to do it objectively because, again, we're scientists. But before we do that, let's talk. I'm about- not. Todd's not. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> but before we do that, though, we're going to talk about the poll a little bit that we ran on Twitter because, again, for some reason, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to insult our listeners because we, we, we love them and we like them, but what were you thinking? Remember the Titans is the greatest sports movie of all time? Like, really? Um, so, you know, what, what, what do we think about some of those poll results? Remember the Titans was the winner. Obviously, Cool Runnings was the runner-up. Um, but there were some, some real surprises, some first-round exits for films like uh, Escape to Victory, which is arguably one of the greatest sports movies of all time. Uh, and Hoosiers, Todd's film Hoosiers was a first round exit as well. So um, I'm going to come to you first, Todd, because I know you've got some strong feelings about this poll that we ran. Um, what, do, what, do you, what do you think? Well, interesting tidbit. The first time I saw Cool Runnings was actually in Graz, Austria, and it was in German without any subtitles. So that was enjoyable. Um, <laughs> I, I think that the reason why Cool Runnings won is because of um, more the storyline and the uh, adversity of doing something that had never been done before. Should, should I point out that it didn't win? It came second. Oh, it came second. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> Already taking shots <laughs> at my movie. Unbelievable. Yeah. Remember the Titans uh, got you. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, yeah. Remember the Titans has got a lot of uh, very good themes, uh, very current themes as well. Uh, as far as... Um, you know, a time in America that was very difficult for people who were who were living there during segregation, having schools come together, uh, having uh, people and races that come together that and, and try to form a bond and try to come together and do something, uh, just to even play on the team. You know, I think I can certainly see why uh, why people would put it up there as, as one of the best. And, and also I think it's got factor of Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very highly paid actor, uh, one of the best known actors of our generation. So I think, I think it, it has a lot of things going for it. Um, mm-hmm. but, and I also think cool runnings, uh, as I said before, uh, I think it uh, has that feel good factor, um, which is really funny and there's a lot of comedy, but it's also something that, just it was so bizarre to think that <laughs> you know a group of of people from where they were from could go and do that sport and and compete and just show up there uh you know it was it was quite an amazing story so uh, i can i can i can see that but i definitely don't think either one is the best obviously well, ni- neither, of them have, neither of them have got <laughs> sylvester sloan and goal and pele coming on at halftime i think <laughs> Coming back from an yeah. injury to score an overhead kick. None of them have got that. So, um, <laughs> I think we can see which one's Pete's. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually haven't picked that, Phil. I've, I've, I've picked a different one, but we'll get more on that later. <laughs> so, Tammy, you, you've selected uh, a film that was quite popular in the poll. But what you know, what were some of the other films? Some of the surprises, some of the the exits. I mean, any given Sunday, the quarterfinal exit, Space Jam. Space Jam didn't make it past the quarterfinals. You know, what do we think about some of those things? Unbelievable. I was pretty disappointed that A League of Their Own was a first-round exit. And, you know, it's one of the few female sport movies. So obviously as a female, you know, I was a little disappointed in that. Um, I think a lot of the movies that kind of made it further on are more so just popular movies. So, like, you know, they have they have a pretty good story to them. And I think that's what people liked about it, right? So you like a feel-good sport movie where, you know, there's a happy ending. And, and for the most part, they're all like that, right? They all have some type of happy ending. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think some of the ones that have more maybe serious kind of undertones or issues that are being addressed maybe didn't make it as far. I, apart from Remember the Titans, I agree with Todd. I think that that does kind of bring in a lot of sociological um, issues that were occurring at the time, and it does provide some really good lessons life lessons Mm. above and beyond just you know winning a a championship um but yeah i mean i think i I was kind of surprised that coach carter actually also was a second round exit because i feel like people love that movie too yeah yeah i'm disappointed yeah (laughs) i I thought that that with with that 
that went that went up far too early. White man can't jump. Yeah. I mean, whoever organised this poll obviously didn't match up the uh, uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't create the matchups in a, in a, in a particularly clever way. Uh, Megan, what about you? Because your film didn't even get out of the qualifying rounds. You know, didn't even make the tournament. Right. I do want to say up until 2017. I've never heard of it, but you know. Well, so there's actually, this is a good point. There's a lot of talk about politics and sport right now and whether or not those two things go together. And Miracle is such a wonderful example of how you can't really differentiate them. If we're going to have Olympics, we're going to have politics and sport. And so I think that. Up until 2017, Miracle was actually listed as the top sport movie um, in a number of polls. So, you know, maybe people just didn't see see those polls. I don't know. But, um, you know, I think that it wasn't on there. For me, a sport movie is good because of how it makes you feel. I mean, I think that's a lot how most movies are. And for whenever I started thinking about what the best sport movie is. This was the first one that came to mind. And I'm not really a crier, but I definitely, uh, you know, Lies. choked up a little bit in, in the movie. So I don't know. I think remember the Titans, especially in the U.S., because it's football and that's such a popular sport in mm. the U.S. that it obviously stands out. But there's some good ones on here. Um, I know Space Jam is fun, but I can't ever say a cartoon is the best uh, <laughs> sport movie. <laughs> I think I'd also like to add in one thing that we haven't really mentioned, which is um, how difficult it is to mesh a sport and acting and then to make the sport in the movie look realistic. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's one thing that I'm going to be pointing out today. <laughs> um, and I think that in, in really good sports movies, people who have played that sport or just played sport in general, if you really don't feel that the sport in front of you looks right if you don't feel that it looks up to scratch then it it can't it just it doesn't feel right to to you and and you know i think in definitely remember the titans you feel like the football is is being played and that people are hitting each other and and it it was the way they shot it you know you've got rocky uh which which is an amazing sports movie um i personally i prefer rocky four to Rocky, uh, myself, uh, just to bring the politics uh, back into it, um, uh, you know, Russia versus the U.S. And uh, uh, but yeah, I, I think making that look realistic and how much better that's gotten as well since those movies. So I think that means a lot. I think we could also say, though, that sport is popular because of the aggressiveness of it in many cases. And so those sport movies that have more aggressive scenes like Rocky, uh, you know, American football, that type of stuff. Those do tend to be more popular. That's interesting. I've not, I've not considered that. Yeah. Well, and Todd, I'm wondering if your your movie made it out the first round because there's actually another name for it. Maybe people didn't know what Hoosiers was because in the UK. Again, again I, I blame the organizers. Yeah, it should have been a clarification about what that movie was. I, I like I said, I don't know who was ultimately responsible for this poll. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, maybe, maybe people maybe people hadn't heard of Hoosiers because uh, that's not what we called it here. Well, I I thought we did, but clearly I've misremembered that. So we are here with Tammy Sheehy, Megan Halbrook, Todd Cawthorn, and we are deciding on the greatest sports movie of all time. So we ran a poll uh, at the start of series two, uh, season two, if you're listening in America. Um, and again, inexplicably, you decided that Remember the Titans was the winner. So we've got three guests who've all picked their films, and we're going to decide which one of them is the greatest sports movie of all time. There are four rounds that we're going to compete in, and there's up to five points available for each of the films in each round. So in each round, contestants will have some amount of time, depending on how long we've got, uh, to talk about their film. And then the other guests will be able to challenge uh, and ask some questions to, to follow up. So once each contestant's had their go, then we'll move on to the next round and so on and so forth. So the first round is the number and importance of life lessons 
contained within the film because in any good sports movie you have to have important life lessons so we're we're gonna start um i'm just gonna go with who i can see on my screen so we're gonna start with megan uh first so megan if you (laughs) your your film was miracle okay and i'm gonna give you a period of time to talk about the the number (laughs) and the importance of the life lessons contained in that film uh and then once you've done that we'll kind of have challenges from everybody else okay so i'm gonna do my best here i There are a number of lessons that I took away from this, and I'm going to be transparent in that I I did start looking at this movie a little bit differently as I watched it recently because of my focus on coaching um, more so than maybe just watching it for entertainment. And so there are a lot of lessons in this movie. I'll highlight these more in some of our our subsequent rounds, but the importance of teamwork. And this idea that it's not necessarily about having the best players or the most talented players. It's about having the right ones. And so being able to work together and utilize people's strengths around you, I think, is definitely one of the big life lessons that is in that. I also think that there are some life lessons that just surround the idea of just hard work, obviously. I mean, that's sport, so dedication to something, hard work, and um, also about sacrifice and not putting, you know, there's a, there's a quote that I'll discuss later, but this idea that if, if we put our energy towards something that's bigger than us, then we see bigger results. And so I think that, so dedication, um, teamwork, having the right people, not necessarily the best people, those are really big life lessons that you can apply in sport, but I mean, definitely on a broader scale as well. And just for the, uh, for the people listening who haven't seen Miracle uh, and, and me, um, yeah. <laughs> can you just give us a, a kind of real brief, because so, you mentioned some of the themes there around teamwork and sacrifice. Can you give us like a really brief synopsis of, of kind of what, what actually happens in the film? Sure. So what happens in the, fi- the film, it's all about the 1980 olympics uh and so u.s hockey hadn't won since 1960 and so they are trying to field a team for the 1980 olympics that can essentially compete against the likes of canada finland uh sweden and obviously russia and so they are um, at this time this was before professional athletes could compete in the olympics and so they are fielding amateur athletes to compete against these high-powered teams. And uh, so the coach comes in, Herb Brooks, and watches a bunch of players come out to tryouts, already has the ones that he wants, and picks 26 of these athletes and then shapes them into what essentially becomes the gold medal winning team. Okay, awesome. Um, So teamwork, dedication, sacrifice, coming together to uh, work together for some sort of higher purpose. What do we think about that, everybody else? Anyone else want to comment? Anybody else Bring actually on. seen Miracle? <laughs> oh, come on. It's what... <laughs> I mean, I, I'll agree. I, 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 um, we watched Miracle together, so okay. um, it had been since I'd seen it, but I had seen it previously. Um, and I think, yeah, I, those are definitely some of the themes that are that are present there. And I think that one of the reasons, Megan, that you chose it, and we've kind of talked about this, is that you're an American, right? And so it's it's kind of more personal for you because it's your country winning a gold medal. Um, whereas for me, it's it's a you know it's a good sport movie, but I don't f- maybe have the same feelings you talked about. You know how a movie makes you feel. I didn't maybe have exactly the same feelings that you had watching it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely agree that those are some of the the bigger lessons to take away from from that film. And and what about cool runnings then? Let's move on to the next film, Tammy. Life lessons in cool running. Surely there's you know there's loads. There's I mean, there's too many to, to name. So <laughs> I'll just choose a few. So some of you may, you know, just think of cool runnings as a comedy, um, which it is. You know, it's a pretty good comedy. It's got John Candy in it, so how can you not love that? Um, some of the life lessons that I kind of noted when watching, re-watching cool runnings more recently, because as a child, I guess I didn't, you know, pick up on all of those. <laughs> Uh, I think the main one that I really liked was that success is not always winning because 
in the end, they don't win, right? It's not really about winning a medal, winning a championship or anything like that. This is a sport movie where it's more about kind of the journey and getting to the point of being able to compete at the Olympics as people who, you know, never bobsledded before, didn't even know what the sport was, right? Came from a tropical nation. So I think it's more about, you know, how important the journey can be. And it's not necessarily about that kind of end goal of winning or a championship, whatever it might be, or that winning doesn't have to be winning a championship or a medal. It can be success in other ways. Um, another one was the importance of kind of being true to yourself because in the film you kind of see uh, Doris trying to copy the Swiss team because they're one of the more successful teams. And, you know, he's saying eins, zwei, drei to try to like you know, push them down the ice and that's not true to who they are. Um, and so uh, there's a notable quote, which I'll, I'll talk about later because we will talk about some uh, memorable lines, but we're basically, Sanka says, you know, we're Jamaican, so we, we need to be Jamaican and not try to be Swiss because that's not who we are. So um, the importance of kind of being true to who you are, even if you're in an environment where you feel like people may kind of not support that or not entirely really understand um, who you are, or where you're coming from. Um, and then the other main one, I think, was just kind of showing how uh, transferable sports skills are, right? I think that's really important, um, particularly as a, someone who trains coaches. Um, and, you know, we talk about the importance of playing multiple sports when you're younger. Um, you know, most of these athletes were runners. They'd obviously never slid down the ice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was just it shows, you know, that you can be successful in one sport and then you can transfer that and kind of try something new and still be successful um, transferring some of those skills that you have. And I think that that's, you know, especially important as we get older, you know, maybe you phase out of certain sports and you're able to start new things and still feel successful or, you know, continue to enjoy what you're doing. Mm. Okay. I mean, you, you've convinced me in terms of round one, uh, <laughs> life lessons. I mean, there's some amazing life lessons there. Uh, Todd, what, what are you, what are you thinking about what you've just heard? And, and can you, can you bring in any better life lessons from uh, Hoosiers forward slash best shot? Uh, well, I think Hoosiers has a lot of the similar themes and lessons that uh, have been talked about, as as would you would expect in, in a sports movie, uh, in a good sports movie anyway. Uh, I think I focused on two main life lessons. When, when Coach Norman Dale comes to uh, um, Hickory, Indiana, uh, he, he doesn't really know what to expect. And... <laughs> there really isn't a goal at that time other than him just coming in as a new coach to this very small town and just seeing um, where the land lies, what has he got to work with. Uh, he walks into the gym, players are messing around. Um, so it's a very inauspicious start. But I think as, as, as he develops and as the, uh, as the team starts to develop and there are lots of trials and tribulations, but uh the, the lesson comes out is nothing is out of reach if you're ultimately all focused on the same goal. So he is able to, to transform the team through a lot of hard work, a lot of effort, and a lot of pain for them and for him to, to come up with this goal that they would be able to get to the state championship. So no school that small had ever been to the, to the state basketball championship in Indiana. And then the other life lesson is uh, that everyone deserves a second chance. You know, Coach Dale shows up. He's got a history. Uh, he meets Myra Fleener. Uh, she goes to the <laughs> library in Deerlick because there's no Google back then. You got to go and look things up in the library. You got to—that's where all the newspapers are. Um, so you know, he's trying to get away from some problems that he had before. She she finds his checkered past, and she has a crisis. You know, she she announces to everybody. Um, he's actually hit a player in the past and been banned for that. Um, and, and, and she comes to a town meeting where the town is actually voting to remove him as coach and she ends up sticking up for him. Um, and I think that not only she benefits from that, he benefits from that, the players benefit from that, but her, um, her son, the, well, the, child, the, the boy that she looks after, Jimmy Chitwood, who plays <laughs> a very large part in that, in that scene. Um, 
you know, he gets a second chance. And also Shooter, who is like Coach Dale's project. He's the father of one of the one of the guys on the team. He's the town drunk. Uh, he lives out in the woods and, you know, he doesn't take care of himself. But he knows a lot about basketball. So Coach Dale takes it upon himself uh, to bring Shooter in as his, as his project, trying to get him sober and get him his basketball knowledge, uh, you know, uh, benefiting the team and the players. So, so, yeah, and I think that that's, you know, it's really important. There's lots of people who are getting second chances in this film. Film a story about second chances and who doesn't love a, a story about redemption? Exactly. Um, we're going to have to speed up a little bit because we took far <laughs> too long on that round. But um, I, I'm, I'm going to allocate some points and I'm, I'm going to give Hoosiers five points for wow. that round um, because everybody loves a story of redemption and that that spoke to me todd so you get five points cool runnings gets four points and miracle get three points so I've, I've, i think i feel like i've been quite generous there. Can I, uh, megan's looking at me like no you haven't <laughs> can i also point out that cool runnings is also a story of redemption if you if you remember the coach irv had cheated in his previous olympics and this is kind of a redemption story for him so i mean there are some parallels between the coaches i think in hoosiers and that, that that's very true but you didn't mention it. <laughs> i don't want to mention everything we're supposed to make connections between things <laughs> so you're listening to the 80 percent mental podcast and we are here with todd cawthorn tammy sheehy megan halbrook and we are deciding on the greatest sports movie of all time based on a poll that we ran at the start of the second series. We'd really love to hear from you. Although actually you voted Remember the Titans is the greatest film. So maybe we wouldn't love to hear from you. But if you've got a, a comment or a question or a thought that you want to share, you can comment on the website, 80percentmental.com. It's all words. Or you can tweet us at EPM podcast. Uh, we're also on Instagram at 80percentmental. So please do uh, join in with your comments, your thoughts on what you think is the greatest sports movie of all time. But we're going to move it on. We're going to move it on to round two. And this is my favorite round. This is the round where we talk about the quality of the montage. Because any great sports film, if it's going to be the greatest sports movie of all time, it has to have a montage. So I'm going to start this round with uh, Tammy. And your film, which was Cool Runnings, I've just remembered by looking at this one. Um, montage. Is there a montage in Cool Runnings? Uh, there certainly is a montage uh, when they're particularly when they're learning how to actually <laughs> go down a hill and anything that even resembles a bobsled because, you know, clearly they don't have ice in Jamaica. So, you know, they have like a makeshift kind of long cart, basically, uh, that they try to figure mm -hmm. out how to, uh, you know, get down a hill. And um, so there's a pretty good montage there. A few crashes, you know, some kind of lightheartedness, um, but also some successes. And the music, I mean, the music is far above, I think, any of the other films. I mean, I don't even think you could, you could go into it. It's catchy. Remind, remind me, what's the what's the montage music from Cool Runnings? Um, Rise above it, I think, is one of the main songs. I don't want to sing it for you, but you should you should look mm. it up. <laughs> you, you you can if you want to. I mean, oh, I'll, I'll uh, not do that. <laughs> I wanna, if okay, you want to look right. up Rise Above It, that's that's a pretty good. Um, and obviously it has a message right <laughs> rise above it um mm. and then not as not exactly montage but kind of later on when they're actually at the olympics going through and learning the turns and things like that and you see the progression from you know being pretty terrible to actually decently getting a good start um and kind of seeming more like a, a unit it's a pretty good montage in fairness Thanks, and i think what we'll do as well is we'll uh, i'll try and find the um uh, youtube links to all of these montages and we'll put them in the description for the episode because i love a good montage um todd let's come to you next hoosiers is there a montage in hoosiers uh yeah there's quite a few montages uh of various times when he's first taking them through their paces uh, in practice and and then there's another montage when in practice things start to click a little bit and you feel like that they're getting somewhere uh, and then it, it usually, the great thing about the montages in Hoosiers is that whenever there's a, a lot of activity or something really loud going on, the next scene is always like somewhere really remote or really quiet. And so there's, it's that 
it's that uh, um, sort of contrast between you know being in front of the fans and being in a really loud gym and, and everything, everybody on top of each other, and then all of a sudden the game's over and you go the next morning and you wake up and you're just in a cornfield, you know, and there's nobody all right, there. All right, so, Mark um, And then the, the best montage, though, the best the best montage by far is when they are really start to click and they start going through the end of the season uh, and winning just game after game after game, and they went, they go on a really good run. Shooter is sober. He's really um, he's really contributing. Um, you know, they're enjoying it. Uh, they're, they're playing really good basketball, uh, and then they get to the playoffs, and then you, you see their first playoff game, and that's when everything kind of uh, start. They start to encounter some some problems. What, what's the uh, what's what's the soundtrack to that? Because that's important. That's yeah, an important part it, of the it's not like a recognizable pop song of any description. It's oh, okay. it's actually you know it's probably done by Danny Original Danny soundtrack. Elfman or somebody you know who composed this orchestra uh, music uh, in the background. Okay. But yeah, I I would have researched that if I'd have known. I should have I should have known that. <laughs> it's it's um yeah, it's a tune you can get in your head and and not get out, but it's not it doesn't have words. Yeah. So. Well, you, you've got some points for the fact that there are multiple montages, but you've lost some for not knowing what the soundtrack is. Uh, uh, Megan. Yeah. <laughs> Me- Megan, uh, is, there, is there a montage in uh, America? Yeah, there are I think, three that I can remember. Uh, the first one actually occurs at the very beginning of the movie, like while the credits are happening. And it's all about the kind of social justice issues that are leading into what makes the 1980 Olympics so important. Uh, and so, you know, you're seeing image, like real images, actual images, actual footage uh, from different marches and different events and different speeches that occurred um, leading up to that time. And so that's actually probably the most powerful montage is right at the very beginning. But then if we're talking cinematic, then you know, after the athletes start to come together, after they start identifying the we, not me type of mentality, you see a montage of them having fun with each other, you know, joking around, you know, a lot of cohesion type of stuff um, from the team members. And then at the very end, when they're playing Russia, you see a montage of the goalie, Jim Craig, stopping shot after shot after shot, um, really kind of demonstrating his you know, his, uh, his presence in that game and how he was very much on um, and performing optimally. So those are the three that I remember. And uh, each one kind of really leads into the next and makes the next clip more powerful. Well, I mean, we, we've got everything there, really, haven't we? We've got multiple montages. Yeah. We've got an opening montage, which is, a you know, a, I, I do like an opening montage. And genuine real footage as well as part of the montage any what, what was the soundtrack to the the, the main middle um, you, you have you can't look i know quick i can't i, I tried just a minute ago <laughs> uh, and so i such a, such yeah shame. didn't get to it but i do think it's important to note that it does have everything there yeah i'd like to point out that i was the only one okay. who actually named a song that's <laughs> oh my god um you know, just do your research next time. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, you did actually do that. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, so points then. Point, points for that round. It's reflected in the points. Um, <laughs> uh, um, Todd Cawthorn gets three points for Hoosier's montage because, just because. Um, Megan, you were so close to five points. If only you'd been quick enough to look up what the actual music was, because it is an integral part of the, the montage, Noted. I'm afraid. Uh, so you get okay. four points, and, and Tammy comes in with five points. for the, uh, the, the Talking about the progression from start to finish, talking about the, the, the actual music as well, um, it moved it, me. <laughs> it moved me. You're welcome, uh, Kate. 
listening mm-hmm. to you discuss the, the cool yes. montage um we're gonna we're gonna plow straight on with the next round i just want to say if i was playing this as well by the way uh, my film would have been rocky four and i would have absolutely smashed every single one of you on the montage round there are yes a lot. you would have there's a lot of montages pretty much all montages yeah and also that's it's an hour and a half long that, yeah, that's because the song is called training montage because i have the soundtrack what <laughs> wow well, there's the, the first part of it and the second part of it is Hearts on Fire. It is Hearts on Fire. Uh, there's so much good stuff about that montage. I would love to talk about it, but we uh, we just don't have time, I'm afraid. But just suffice to say that I would have won that round. Um, so the next next uh, round should be a pretty quick one. And this is Memorable Lines. Because again, any good sports movie has to have quotable, memorable lines in it. Um, we start with with Todd. Okay, well, this is this Users. is where I come into Memorable my lines. own, uh, Pete. This is where I take all five points and quite possibly the game, because <laughs> I've got I've got quite a few quotes here. So the probably one of the most memorable quotes from the movie is when they're standing in the huddle at the end, and Coach Dale draws up a play that does not involve Jimmy Chitwood, their best player, taking the last shot, and all the players have a disgusted look on their face except for Jimmy, who, lean, who who looks to the coach and says, I'll make it. And he does. And they win the state championship. That is a, that's a, I mean, it's probably better if you're watching that's a great line than having you describe it, but it, it sounds like a And good then line. another good line is when Coach Dale's in town, Myra Fleener's mother says to him, the sun don't shine on the same dog's ass every day, but mister, you ain't seen a ray of light since you've been here. <laughs> That's a great line. Is, is that where that is that where yeah. that comes from? That film? that's a great line. I didn't I didn't know that because that's in uh, White Man Can't Jump as yeah, well, isn't it? That's a great line. Um, uh, another good line from Coach Dale is when he turns to one of his players as he has to put him in the game when someone's fouled out. It's one of his lesser players on the bench, uh, not quite as good as uh, as everybody else. And he said, he says to him, "Don't shoot the ball unless you're underneath the basket all by yourself." <laughs> which I think is the most amazing line in any sports movie ever. <laughs> really breaking it down. <laughs> and then, um, like I said, uh, you, you have more? I do. Uh, and then when, Jim, oh, when no, well, I'm going to have to stop when, you when Jimmy point, When Jimmy more. saves Coach Dale in the meeting, as I mentioned earlier, uh, along with his uh, uh, the woman, Myra, who looks after him, he says, uh, he stands up in front of the whole town's uh, town meeting and he says, I figure it's about time for me to start playing ball and everyone stands up and starts cheering and clapping. And, and, and then he, every after they, after they stop, he says one condition, if coach goes, I go, if he stays, I stay. And everyone goes, Oh, and they go again. And he ends up saving the coach's job. And then, and then my last one is when they walk in the state championship venue at Butler field house, uh, he has he gets out a tape measure and he has them measure the basket and he says how high is the basket and he says it's ten feet coach and he says I think you'll find that's the same measurements as our gym back in Hickory. Great sports psychology <laughs> there. Forget that about everything great. else that's going one. on. Forget about everything else that's going on. Forget about fifteen thousand seats. Forget about television cameras. This basket is the same basket that you play on. This is the same size court. It doesn't matter. And that's all I've got. Boom. Mic drop. Well, I, I haven't seen that film in a long, long time. And uh, I remember some of those lines from it. So they must be pretty iconic because I've got a terrible memory. Um, I just like to say, I didn't need Google to write all my quotes down. They were all in my head. I, I can actually attest to that because as, as I said at the start, uh, Todd and I are friends and, and basically nights out are essentially Todd reciting film lines for like three hours. <laughs> um let's 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 move it on megan let's come to you next memorable lines from uh from all right i also have a few because there are so many good ones um i'm gonna try to go in order of uh of how they went in the movie so the first one and i mentioned this earlier i'm not looking for the best players i'm looking for the right ones i think that that is really influential whenever we're talking team development um or just coaching perspectives so most of the players didn't like Coach or Brooks because of how hard he was on them. Uh, but turns out that was also purposeful. So two of the other coaches are talking and they say he's going to end up with 20 players who hate his guts. 
And the other one says, well, maybe if they hate him, they won't have time to hate each other because there was a lot of conflict amongst the players on the team. And so this idea of, of having a similar feeling um, amongst the players kind of led them to come together. This one is probably one of my favorites, and I always remember this. The name on the front of the jersey is a hell of a lot more important than the one on the back. And so talking about the USA, nice. yeah, I mean, that's so true, so true. Let's see. I'll, I'll stop with this one, although I have more. So great moments are born from great opportunity. And they're talking about playing Russia. If we played them 10 times, they might win nine. But not this game, not tonight. Tonight, we're the greatest hockey team in the world. So powerful. Love that. You guys don't look impressed. It is, it is I mean, like, powerful. I mean, no, like, it's, it's, it's those... powerful. It's made more powerful by the fact that you told me that it was. Yeah, powerful. yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you're a knowledgeable person. So. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, to, to, I, I actually, just while we're here, because I, I have got a, a, an interesting little fact about some of these films as well. So uh, about Miracle, the film that I haven't seen, um, starring Kurt Russell, who in my eyes will forever be Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China. Um, he took a pay cut. I don't know if you know this. He took a pay cut so that 800 to like round about 800 to 1,000 extras who are used as uh, fans in the hockey game could have a full hot meal instead of a little packed lunch in a brown yeah, bag. He's a legend. What a legend. Yeah. Lovely man. Uh, good old Jack Burton. Um, Tammy, cool runnings. What are memorable lines? What okay. Well, my first one isn't necessarily deep, but it's a very memorable line. Hey, Sanka, you did? Yeah, I'm on. It's, I mean, you know, it's, it's iterated throughout. But then it kind of comes back in the end when they've actually crashed. And then he says, hey, Dries, you did? And he's like, no, man, I have to finish the race. So it does kind of have a full circle moment where it becomes more meaningful. A, a callback. So, oh, okay, yeah. um, when I talked earlier about the um, them trying to do the Swiss start and things like that and not being themselves, um, Sanka says, all I'm saying is if we walk Jamaican, talk Jamaican, and is Jamaican, then we sure as hell better bobsled Jamaican. So that kind of, again, goes back to their identity um, and being who they are. Um, one, uh, when they kind of walk into the Olympic village and, you know, everyone's staring at them, um, junior points out, everyone's, everyone's looking at us and Yul Brynner says, we're different. People are always afraid of what's different. And I think that that in particular is a pretty powerful one because, um, at least in the movie, they're the only athletes of color in the bobsled, um, in the whole, uh, bobsled competition. So, um, it's just kind of noting that uh, that difference. And then the last one is when uh, Doris asks his coach, Irv, um, about why he cheated. And um, Irv says, a gold medal is a wonderful thing, but if you're not enough without one, you'll never be enough with one. So that kind of goes into, you know, feeling like you're enough and you don't necessarily need medals or other things to tell you that you're good enough. Like you have to believe it yourself. Um, and a medal isn't going to provide that for you. Some great lines. Some, good, some great cool runnings lines. Some great cool runnings lines. Do you want mm. the uh, the fact about cool runnings? Sure. I've actually got two facts about cool runnings. The first one is that uh, Dougie Doug, who plays Sanka, mm -hmm. you know, he's got the lucky egg. Mm -hmm. well, I can't, I can't believe the egg has not been mentioned up till now. I, I, was, yeah. I, I, I was hoping it was in number four standout moment because it if it be, wasn't, yeah, but, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> but apparently they, they were made of rubber and he still has them. Oh, wow. yeah. That's awesome. And the other the other fact about cool runnings is that in Norway it's called cold buttocks. So there we what? are. What? <laughs> Slightly different name. Slightly different. <laughs> Lost in traffic. Okay. I'm not sure. Not wrong yeah. though. Not wrong. No, no, yeah. not wrong. Yeah, technically <laughs> accurate. Yeah. Um okay, so memorable lines round. I, I I'm finding it difficult to separate you all. So I'm going to give everybody four points uh, for that one. Uh, Todd, some great lines in there, but there's some dubious coaching in there. Um, cool runnings. Uh, would have got five points. I'm not sure about the Jamaican accent. Is that okay? Can we do that? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to go there. Yeah. yeah but you did. And um, Miracle. Um, 
Yeah, some some good lines in there. I did take a point off, but I can't remember why now. Um, there was a reason. If you can't but remember, some, some, it, good, some, some good lines. But you 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 got some points there for telling me how powerful the lines were. Right. <laughs> Final round. Let's just try it and see what happens. Final round, standout moment. Okay. And we're going to do this pretty quickly. So, no kind of big fanfare. Just tell me what the standout moment in your film is. Uh, and you, you, you need to make it good. You need to let our audience feel what's going on in this moment. You need to describe it in such a way that our audience can, can almost relive it. They can picture what's going on. Um, maybe. Let's start. <laughs> Let's go to Megan. Miracle standout moment. The standout moment would be when U.S. plays Russia at the end of the movie. And uh, it was a back and forth game. The coaches are kind of eyeing each other. And the Russian coach in particular is just in awe of the U.S. team and how they've been able to hold off Russia. And uh, like I mentioned earlier in the montage, the goalie, Jim Craig, just stops shot after shot from these, you know, the best athletes in the world at this time. And uh, they end up winning and everyone rushes out onto the ice and the American flag is draped over Jim Craig and they're pointing out their family and there's a lot of tears. And uh, honestly, I think the standout moment from a coaching perspective is that Herb Brooks is so overwhelmed that he goes into the tunnel and just kind of crouches down and there's like this moment of relief and pride in him. And uh, it's really, it's, like I said, it's really powerful. <laughs> She's tearing it's up. going to work twice. Quick, quick yeah. question. Yeah, let's do, do, Does Megan lose points for calling him Russia and not USSR? The Soviet. The Soviets. Yeah, sure. I, no, I don't lose points. I think I'm trying to. Because they weren't Russia. That's they were not. That's true. They were. The She's Soviet. trying to relate it to today, you know. So yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. What you know that would be today. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm making yeah, it more yeah, I didn't memorable. Get that. I didn't get that. Oh, okay, Todd. Okay, Todd. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> Look, this is like an individual competition. Just because you two are married doesn't mean that you can like team up. And hey. Still, like, yeah. so, <laughs> that was one versus two there, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, ganging up on you a bit, Todd. I mean, I still think um, running should win. <laughs> um go on then tammy standout moment from cool runnings okay, well, the, there's, there's a lot to choose from there are a lot to choose from but i'm going to go with the obvious choice which is they're doing so well they're in contention for a medal you know they're breaking uh time records and things like that they get the fastest start out of all the teams they're going so well they're in unison and then uh one of the bolts comes loose in the sled because it's an old sled and then they crash and the uh the montage actually of the the crash scene is actually the real life uh crash uh because that did happen with the actual team um and so the the standout moment is you know when they get out of the sled and they carry it on their shoulders to a slow clap which of course is you know always going to be uh meaningful uh, and then the score at that particular time, the music is probably one of the best, right? Obviously it culminates in this, you know, triumphant kind of, uh, music. It's a Disney film. So of course they do it very well. Um, and yeah. And cheering at the end and then Junior's dad is there and he opens his shirt and shows he's supportive of him. And yeah, it's just a, I mean, it's the best memorable moment. It, it is a, it is a, a, a moment. And uh, I, I'm not afraid to say that it always makes me a bit emotional. That's that scene. In cool I agree. Todd, <laughs> Hoosiers, right, am, standout moment. Make am, it quick. Am I allowed two standout moments or just nope. one? I have to pick one? <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, well, the, the Jimmy Chitwood hitting the winning shot to win the state championship uh, in Butler Fieldhouse uh, in front of 15,000 people with a shooter listening from the hospital on the radio, screaming, a school this small has never been in the state championship before. And everybody running out onto the court and hugging each other. Uh, they hold Jimmy Chitwood up and uh, up above their heads. And the players from the opposing team are all sort of, uh, you know, the coach there is going around, give them a pat on the back, telling them they did a good job. And then it pans to, 
a picture that's in their gym of that state championship team, uh, I believe from 1951, but I have to, uh, that's just from memory. And uh, it has them up there and it does, it, it's a montage again, not a musical one, but of quotes from the movie of people who said that they couldn't do it, uh, etc. So that whole sequence is uh, definitely the best moment in the film. Do you, do you want your interest in Hoosiers fact? Because it ties in with the, um, the, the, the the scene you've just described. Sure. So in filming, they said to the actor who plays Jimmy Chitwood, if you miss, the crowd is still going to rush in as if, you've, as if you've made the shot. And he didn't miss. He made the shot despite having missed the shot in every single rehearsal and every single practice up until that point. Really? So when the pressure was on, he actually made it and the crowd rushed in and that was, that was, the, uh, that was the scene. So he genuinely made that shot. Nice. That's um, a good tip because I didn't know which film you were going to select, and you said at the start it might have been Remember the Titans, I've got a fact for that. Um, so do you want the Remember the Titans fact? No, it's a good one. You'll like it. So <laughs> um, in one scene, so there's a brick that gets thrown through Coach Boone's window, right? And this racist attack. In real life, and it actually does relate to the fact that it's Disney, uh, in real life, uh, they actually threw a toilet through his window but the makers of the film thought that that would be funny, so they changed it to a brick. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, I mean, <gasps> a toilet being thrown through someone's... I mean, it's its its quite funny. If, you know, on a... If you ignore the reasons as to why people were throwing things through somebody's window, just a toilet coming through a window at that sort of pivotal point in the, in the film would have been quite a funny thing to see, so... Okay, so... Scores for that round. Um, Megan, you get three points because I just felt it was a little bit too, like, patriotic. It was a little bit too kind of like, you know, schmaltz, hmm. even though it was huh. like a true story. Um, Todd, you get, you can have four points, uh, but Cool Runnings gets it because it's it's a really emotional scene. Um, so Cool Runnings gets, gets the five. Um, right, we've got one round left and we're just going to kind of, sort of bit of a free-for-all for this round and i'll allocate some points later um and really this is what we wanted to talk about sort of uh, and this is the kind of applications of some of these films to sports psychology and, and and you know you've mentioned a few things already but what does the film or what do these films tell us about the psychology of performance what key lessons references for coaches like role models for athletes um what key points can you bring out from your film that our listeners might find useful in, in the real world. Um, and like I say, a bit of a free for all. So anyone, anyone can, can jump in there. I'll go first. Put my glasses on for this. Got this written down. <laughs> so uh, when, when coach Dale first starts, uh, he tells all the townsfolk that he's going to have to break the players down and he's going to have to build them back up again. So he's going to have to dismantle all their bad habits is going to have to instill good habits, instill conditioning and teamwork, along with building blocks and fundamentals. And they keep asking him, you know, when, when do we get to play? Uh, because they don't play. They don't play any games. All they do is drills. All they do is uh, conditioning. You know, they're running uh, suicides all the time. They're running at the end of practice, one at the beginning of practice. Uh, so he has to get them to believe in his formula and all the townspeople think his methods are crazy, like getting them to do five passes before every shot. But he needs them to do that so that they learn how to play together. And a few of the players leave at the beginning when he first starts for laughing during practice. Uh, but he, he asks them why they're laughing and, and they mock him a little bit, disrespectful. So he throws them out first day. They end up coming back. But I, I think that, you know, what he what he puts together with regards to the team ethos and the culture, he knows that it has to change and he knows it has to be his way and everyone has to buy into it. And when they eventually do that, then they start being successful. So team culture, building team culture. Uh, we actually did a podcast episode on that with Pepper Grange and uh, Rebecca Symes, episode two, I think, of series two. So um, if you want to learn more about team culture from those two uh, experts, please do check out that episode. Um, but I, I think, Megan, you wanted to come in on, on what Todd was saying just then. Yeah, so this actually happens in Miracle as well. So at the beginning of the movie, right when the team is coming together, 
they're playing just an exhibition uh, game and you know, the coach notices that the players aren't really focused on the bench. They're pointing out people in the stands. And so after the game, he makes them get on the ice and essentially do sprints. Uh, and every once in a while, so like they do one, he says again, and there's like a whole thing of like blow the whistle again, again, and they're just smokes, you know, by the end of it. And at, at some point, you know, they finally say, you know, like I play for US, USA. And that's what kind of brings them all together. This idea of breaking them down physically so that they start to try to understand what the coach is working towards. And that's actually what they do in the military as well. I mean, that's essentially basic training, um, this idea of breaking them down to build them back up. Um, but obviously, that can be a little bit dangerous uh, if the coach isn't aware of how hard he's pushing those players. Um, and obviously, we have to bring in communication here. If you're not communicating with the players what you want, if you're only using physical types of punishment or uh, consequences. I mean, there's a lot that can be brought into that and how it can mm. be uh, be hard on the players, but it can also obviously lead to good results. Mm-hmm. Well, that's in so many films, isn't it? I'm thinking mm-hmm. like uh, Coach Carter. Coach Carter, you know, where yeah. He's yeah. sort of running suicides for days. And, well, Remember you know, the Titans. It's huge mm-hmm. in Remember the right. Titans. So, you know, kind of really important. And this is the kind of fine line, isn't it, between – Hollywood and, mm-hmm. and real life. So we see these kind of coaches in films trying to develop this team culture and kind of using punishment in those ways. But I think as Megan, you just pointed out, there's a whole lot more to it than that around the communication that's important in, in developing this culture. Um, and I, I think the the relationship between the coaching staff also plays into it because in this, at least in Miracle, you see the assistant coach is the one that's in charge of blowing the whistle to make them do the rep again. And mm-hmm. the more times they do it, he, he doesn't want to continue to push them because he knows how hard it is on them. But you have the head coach. So those dynamics between staffs also uh, can be really difficult to navigate. So what, what else then? I guess from the from the movies that we've talked about today, but from any other kind of sports films, there's, there's, there's a whole bunch out there. Um, you know, what are some of the lessons that we can genuinely take? I think one that... Um... One one that you um, kind of noticed, and, and it's pretty common in, in some of these other movies, is um, self-confidence. There's, there's always at least one or two, depending on how many athletes there are, athletes who are not confident in, the, confident in their abilities, and then eventually, obviously, they develop it um, kind of over time. Um, and usually it's linked to either self-talk um, or maybe their interactions with coaches and things like that. Um, so in Cool Runnings, Junior is – um, basically just does everything his father says. He doesn't really have thoughts for himself. Um, and then obviously there's that really important part um, in the movie where your Brenner, you know, pulls him into the bathroom and says, you know, look in the mirror, what do you see? Um, and then he says, I'll tell you what I see. I see pride. I see power. I see a badass mother who don't take no crap off nobody. So he's kind of trying to boost him up and say, you know, I see someone who's worthy, um, but you kind of need to see that. Um, and feel for that for yourself. And then later on, he then, um, Junior then goes against his father and says, you know, I know what's best for me. Um, I'm going to stay and continue to compete at the Olympics. So I think that um, self-talk and self-confidence um, is something that is really important. And I think we do see it quite a lot in movies. Maybe they don't necessarily call it, you know, self-talk or whatever, but you you often can kind of see that um, in some of the, the athletes. Um, throughout the movies. I think something um, with regards to uh, high school sports, because uh, I think, you know, and, and in my movie certainly relates to that. Friday Night Lights relates to it. Remember the Titans relates to it. Uh, in America, and in a lot of places, high school sport is, is a lot bigger than club sport. You know, some maybe even some lower level football, uh, you know, soccer that goes on here. Uh, with regards to the amount of crowds that it gets. Um, and, and these are, you know, say glory years for uh, a lot of these athletes, you know, their, their high school days. And you, there's countless movies where you see people sitting around talking about so-and-so hitting the, the, the winning shot in the state championship. I'm watching uh, Mayor of Easttown right now. And, and that's what the, 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 she's a, 
detective, but she hit the winning shot and the for the basketball team they won the state championship and that's what she's known for. Nobody ever lets her forget about it, you know. In um parks and recreation, they try and recruit the guy to, to who hit the winning <laughs> shot in the in the state. So, you know, there's this glory day aspect of playing high school sports where for a lot of people it is, you know, it, 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 after that there is no sport for them anymore. So, I th- I think there's something tangible about that and, it, and how much uh, it means to the, the people, especially in, in not only just in small towns. I mean, Odessa is not a small place. I mean, there's 20,000 people watching the foot, American football game on a Friday night. There's, there's places all over Texas, Florida, California that get bigger crowds than that. So, you know, it, it's, 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 it means a lot to these people. And, and so there's a lot of pressure that for very young people, uh, at that age to have to deal with um, and say sport builds character, but I'll tell you what, mental resilience uh, and the mental toughness that has to be shown by uh, high school athletes performing at high levels um, is, is just, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. It is really, and you, you don't realize it until you look back and you, and you think about it and you see it represented in some of these movies. I think along those lines, whether we're talking about self-confidence or self-talk or just the amount of pressure that's felt by athletes is, especially if we're a sports psych or a coach, knowing the reason why an athlete is playing uh, is going to help us work with them and understand their motivation so much more. Because, you know, I'm thinking about some of these movies, you know, they're, they're playing because their parents played and, you know, they're kind of trying to relive their parents' glory days or, um, and Miracle, the goalie's playing because his mother wanted him to be an Olympic athlete. And, you know, that that's part of it. And, you know, his motivation comes through to play for her because she recently passed away. So the, the amount of pressure is just building, especially at younger ages of sport. I mean, high school sport is essentially corporate now. Um, you know, we're seeing more and more pressure be put on them earlier, getting earlier and earlier ages as far as trying to recruit for college. And so, yeah, the amount of pressure is, is incredible, um, especially in some of these places. I mean, Odessa in particular, football in Texas is, you know, that's religious to them. And so there's so much pressure to be good and to stand out in those types of environments. Can I actually follow up? That, that actually kind of goes back to to the quote that I said before about the gold medal. It's a wonderful thing, but if you're not enough without it, then you'll never be enough with it, right? So it kind of goes back to, you know, you being enough just as a person, and it's not necessarily about your identity as an athlete or what level or context you play within. Um, and that even kind of goes back to what you talked about, Todd, in terms of those glory days, right? You know, it's great to have those glory days to look back on. But, you know, once athletes have transitioned out of sport, you know, maybe they don't want to keep being reminded of those things or keep, you know, being just being known for that, right? They're their own person and they have these other talents and things that they're doing. Um, and you kind of think to, I mean, I think to like the Booby Miles, right, in the movie where he was going to be this big thing and then he got injured and people talk about that, right? That's going to be his legacy, his glory days that he may keep being reminded of. So kind of being cognizant of moving past just the, the athletic achievements of, of athletes and kind of recognizing them for, for who they are as a person. Okay, so points. Who's won? That's what everybody wants to know, <laughs> right? Um, so I'm, I'm going to – that last round, I think we had a really interesting conversation about some of the things that perhaps are exaggerated in the movies and maybe some of the things that we shouldn't take, uh, as in kind of using those physical punishments and, and kind of some of the, the, the sort of coach-athlete dynamics. Um, but there's also a lot of good stuff in there as well. Uh, around athletic identity in particular. And you guys talked about uh, high school sports and making sure that, uh, you know, sport isn't kind of the be-all and end-all of everything, despite, again, what some of these movies might might show us. Um, so I'm just going to give everybody equal points for that round because I thought it was really interesting, which means uh, in last place, well, let's call it third place, is Miracle. Megan, well done, oh, uh, with 19 you. points. Uh, Hoosiers came in second place, Todd well represented which means the winner um and actually kind of supporting the initial poll that we had in fairness <laughs> uh 
uh, in which Cool Runnings came second. The winner is Cool Runnings uh, with 23 points. Well done, Tammy. There is no prize. Um, If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. In German. And yeah, Yeah. in German. See how that goes. Um, But Cool Runnings is a better film than Remember the Titans. So objectively, you know, it's a better film. So, you know, I feel like like we've done a reasonably good job here today. Um, So I guess... I guess the only thing left really is to thank our guests uh, for coming on and sharing their favorite sports movies and talking to us about them. Uh, so, uh, Megan, thank you very much for coming on 80% Mental. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you, Tammy. Thank you. And thanks once again, Ted Crawford, uh, also known as uh, Todd Cawthorn. Thanks for coming on the 80% Mental Podcast. Uh, really appreciate having you back on. Uh, I love being on despite my lack of sports psychology degrees and PhDs. Uh, I always enjoy it. Thank you. Yeah, well, we get the athlete experience from you, Todd. Yeah, I was going to say, you did and well. That's important. <laughs> But uh, yeah, thanks to all our guests for today's episode. It's been uh, absolute, um, uh, I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Uh, it's been really good fun. And we've learned a lot of stuff as well. I particularly enjoyed, uh, I think, hearing about some of the lessons that we can learn from from these movies as well. So, you know, the idea of sacrifice for a higher purpose, the idea that nothing is out of reach if you're focused on the same goal. And I really like the idea about success not always being about winning. If you enjoyed what you heard today, uh, please do listen. No, don't please do listen because you've already listened because if you've enjoyed what you've heard, that means that you've already listened to it. Uh, if you've enjoyed what you've heard to do, to do, you know. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> That's the first swear as well. Um, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please do subscribe at 80percentmental.com. All words. Please leave a comment as well. Uh, or you can tweet us at EPM Podcast or get in touch uh, via Instagram, uh, 80percentmental again. All words. Um, we'd love to know what you think. We'd love to know what your favorite sports movie is, not Remember the Titans, uh, or what you've learned from some of the films that you've seen, whether it reflects real life, whether it's completely different, you know, how does what you see in films impact on perhaps some of the way that you approach sport? Um, that's all we've, uh, we've got time for today. Uh, we've loved having you. Uh, I don't even really know what that means. <laughs> um, yeah, so thanks for listening. the whole podcast. <laughs> I know. It's been like super smooth the whole time. Yeah. And now I just don't know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. So thank you for listening. And we will see you next time. Or well, we won't see you because it's a podcast. <laughs>